what uh, God did up here today. And I don't know if you felt it or not, but I felt the Holy Spirit moved me in a powerful way. And isn't it great that we have a God that we can lay anything at His feet? Well, okay, about seven of them. Good. I mean, I praise God because it is uh, what we would call Palm Sunday, which begins uh, the best week in a Christian's life that we celebrate. I mean, it's amazing that a lot of people celebrate life, but with Jesus, we celebrate death. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about. Come on. Because we are going to celebrate what God is going to do. And so what's great about Palm Sunday is they would come and they would lay everything at his feet. They were laying palm branches at his feet, a sign that he is the king, not Rome, not Caesar. They would lay their outer garments at his feet. And so today we get the opportunity to lay anything at his feet because we know that it might be on our back. It might be above our heads, but at the end of the day, it's under Jesus' feet. Mm. And so with that being said, some of you have been asking about this update, and I want to continue this update process on Michaela, uh, our little sweet Michaela born a couple weeks ago in the church family. And uh, I have uh, many of you have been doing great work. I just want to brag for a moment on the power of the Spirit. People go and cut uh, the grass for uh, uh, Patrick and Maddie Jackson, the parents. People have gone and done many things for them. People have been at the hospital. I encourage you to go down. If you feel led, go down to the NICU at NUSC. Go down there and just ask for Maddie Jackson. You'll get up on the eighth floor and, and you'll get an opportunity to minister love. Even if you don't know them, it's okay. Sometimes when you're in a desperate place, it's just good to know that somebody cares. Yeah. And so if anybody's got a phone today, type it if you don't mind um, a sharing or a kelp, if you don't mind going live for me right now, uh, you know that y'all don't know about all that social media stuff. If you go Facebook Live, how about text them and let them know that we can maybe say a prayer for them. I want them to see it. And then what we're going to do, where's, where's my man Brett Baldwin? Brett Baldwin, and if there's anybody who's one of the best ministers, I think, I think uh, all the elders and he said we agree, this guy's a stud. Brett is, we're going, where's Brett? Where is he? Come on up here, Brett. Brett is going to come right down here. We're going to put a little vest. We're going to pray for Michaela. We're going to pray. And um, if you feel led to the prayer, uh, don't be shy. Listen, uh, this is called the cover charge. Y'all ain't trying Chris over here, y'all see, y'all quick, y'all see Biker Chris over here. Um, Chris is a, you know, he's a big biker, and but he's radically saved by the gospel, and it's wonderful, wonderful way. Tammy, they brought me this morning, Brad. They said, Chris, you know what we need to do? We need to start having a cover charge in church, and his wife calls out. It's called a tie. I said, Amen, sister. Um, so this is, but yeah, how about that? That's pretty good, you know. But we have our offering in the end. We're gonna take a love offering for them. And Brett, you just called me that she teaches at Cathedral Praise Academy, Cathedral Academy, and they gave her the rest of the academic year off with that. Yeah, I'm like, that's Jesus. But you know, people in the second year, you ain't getting no time off. The only time you don't come in is you're dead. Right? And if that is, don't complain. But we want to take a love on Brett has been ministering to them, uh, and sharing and Kelvin. I was having with him Friday night. Kelvin started preaching. There in, in the big view. Kelvin, you were bringing the noise of Jesus. Look at Kelvin, you got his head down because he's trying. But you were bringing it, Kelvin. I was like, amen. I just need some more coffee. I ain't ready to go to the recap late at night. But so we're going to pray for them. And, and if you have any questions, uh, many of you know um, Kelvin, Sharon, Brad, especially uh, 
can take all these guys, they know Jeremy Pollitt and his wife Rebecca, many of you know what's going on, but you can ask them. But Brett can tell us even better. Basically, our CO2 level, right, is, is up a little bit. It was as high as 70, the vents on full blast. You know, of course, and she's innovated. Um, she's got cardiac uh, hypertension, which is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's just where that fluid, I mean, basically her whole heart is struggling, it's not working correctly. Uh, she's filling up with fluid. They possibly nicked her in surgery, uh, one of the lymph nodes, so her body's filling up with fluid. Um, the right side is filling up, then we were down there Friday night, it was the left side filling up. I think in five minutes they drink 58 cc's on this side, 120 on this side. You can imagine the pressure. Uh, one of the nurses even said on Friday that, I mean, literally, they would touch her. They would touch her, and she would just shut down. When her dad would touch her, the baby became to shut down. She just quit. In fact, when the nurse said it, like she was giving up. Is that the correct word, Brett? And uh, is that correct? We'll make sure I'm sitting down So, uh, you're all alive. So, um, you're all alive. So, we're going to take a love offering, and I was going to go to see it. So, they're going to be able to see you. Come and just give money, and it's just going to go straight to me as we pray. So, I'm going to just beg you if you feel led uh, to give. You don't have to give, but if you feel led, right? God loves a cheerful good. Just come, and Brett will make sure this is documented. Uh, you won't write a check to do that, give credit, whatever it is. We won't take it down until they won't take it down until we minister. But as we're praying, will you pray for Michaela? She's fighting for her life. And uh, I was asking Brett just a minute ago, but, you know, we don't know. But we, we serve a God who doesn't. And since we can lay everything at his feet, and since our God is alive and well, we believe that she's going to be alive. Because mm. I don't give up until God says shut up. Last I checked, I got a big mouth. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today, not by might, not by power. So as I'm praying, if you get up, Lord, come, it's not a moment, just give. And I want them to see it, Lord. I pray that Patrick and Maddie are seeing, seeing people right now. Just come to give, just an expression of love. In the middle of their brokenness, there is some glory going on in heaven. And we're going to say, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I pray today, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we lift up baby Michaela to you. Because mm -hmm. since our God is alive and well, and he kicked death in the teeth, that he crushed the very head of Satan, who loves to eat death, we believe that there's a God that is greater than any disease that man can have. And so as long as there's breath, we cry out to the living God. You said today in Psalms, you said, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Yes. We are your people called by your name. This is your money. This is your daughter. These are your children. And so we come and we lift up baby Michaela to you. And we ask by the blood of Jesus Christ that you would touch her in the way that only the God of the universe can touch it. What might be confusing to the doctors is not confusing to Jesus. He is not the author of confusion. Satan is. And so God, we believe and we trust in you. So we are believing today that God, you're going to continue to do a mighty work. Give baby Michaela a will to fight. Give the doctors wisdom 
and discernment. And God, give us faith in you. Not to trust, as your word would say, not to trust in man. Your word says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be dismayed. What can mortal man do to me? So we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. And we look to the one who knows how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. We look to the author of the body to heal the body. We trust you. So as you increase our faith and help our unbelief, we will trust you. Resurrected from the grave. And so this Palm Sunday, we lay everything at your feet, Lord, as a foreshadowing of you coming back when we get to stand in your presence. We love you, Lord, and we trust you. Now, Lord, as we proclaim your word and the greatness of Jesus, I pray that I don't come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit of power. And Lord, I beg you and thank you that you've forgiven me of my sins and all of us of our sins. And because of that, we have an open heaven, which means we have an open ear, we have an open eye, we have an open mind, and we have an open heart. And so we don't walk with a God who is broken and dismayed. We walk with the one who is resurrected from the grave. And we trust in the matchless and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said what? Amen. Come on, somebody. Genesis chapter 20 is going to be totally different today. I pray that this, this sermon, that this message touches you in a way like you ain't never had a Palm Sunday touch. Listen, I was one of them kids. I was like baby's kids. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Atheist language. Walking around in a church in North Carolina, coming down the aisle with palm branches. Blessed is he who comes. Come on, somebody. In the name of the Lord. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted to hit my twin sister with that thing. I felt like if God put it in my hands, he gave you a reason to use it. And that's what I wanted. I mean, I had no idea that it was a foreshadowing of palm branches. Listen, I want you to know Ray Manuel is one of the best teachers I've ever, ever come across. All this, and he gives his life away teaching high schools. That brother can help teach any theologian. But he says, I'm going to give my life to the next generation. And he pours in Michigan, pours himself out, and takes people. It's one of the best anthropologists and archaeologists. Does all kinds of stuff. Just a Bible, just a Bible historian teacher and understands that concept. And he will tell you that the laying down of those branches, the laying down of those branches was in the front and in the face of Rome. Because palm branches represented the absolute worship of Caesar, and yet they were worshiping Jesus. Genesis 20. I had no idea when we started this journey of moving forward, looking forward. I had no idea that next week with the resurrection would be time of Genesis 21, which is perfectly in line with the birth of Isaac. And it's lining up like this. I had planned to be there before him. It just so happened that it worked out that way. And so we're going to do something totally different. We're going to see Genesis 20 along with Matthew chapter 21, along with Jesus' triumphal entry that's in every gospel. Genesis 20. Let's turn there and listen 
and read together and speak together the word of the Lord. I'm reading out of the ESV. Some of y'all might like, yeah, praise God, John. You gotta wait for that NIV, nearly inspired versions of the ESV. That's all right. Okay. Here we go. I like my NIV though. It's easy to read. It's written on the fifth grade level. That's my level, man. No one understands. Alright, verse one. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Najib and lived between Kadesh and Shur. And he sojourned in Gerard. Gerard just means lodging place. Look what happens. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife. Now he's in the land in the southwestern part uh, of, of Israel. He's near the, near the Mediterranean Sea. He's in the land of the Philistines. And Abraham said to Sarah's wife, she is my sister. Can I just tell y'all something? That a half-truth is still alive. A half-truth is still alive. If I, if my wife asked me last night, she said, John, where were you? And I said, oh, I just had to stop by the hotel. But I didn't tell her that I ended up sleeping with somebody. Now you know a half-truth is a lie. Listen, I don't care if it's 90% truth and 10% lie, it's still a lie. I've told y'all my whole life, I've told my family, my children my whole life, if I make you some brownies and then have 5% dog poop, you wouldn't eat it. But 95% is good. That 5% would just put you over the ledge. 5% lies, still alive. She might be his sister, but they were married and God said they were one. Because Jesus in Matthew 19 even quoted Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 1 that they were made in God's image. And oh, by the way, in Genesis 2, the two will become one flesh. There's something more important than your sister, and that is your spouse. More than a sister, but he was And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. Sometimes I love when the Bible says, but God. Michaela's sick, but God. Right? Right? I just lost something. My job's up, but God. Hey, uh, somebody left, left me. My parents did something wrong with me, but God. Right? Uh, uh, but I don't know what's going to happen to me, but God. I don't know what I did on that test. I fell over like one. But God, you see, if you live by man, that's all you got. But when you live by God, you got everything else. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man. You're a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. See, God doesn't honor marriage. He especially honors the marriage of the people that are covered with him. Now, Bimelech had not approached her. That means he didn't have sex with her. Come on, Disney. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Notice that he was the king, and if the king went down, everybody else did too. Did he not say to me, talking about Abraham, did Abimelech not say about Abraham, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother.
John Davis. And I pray that they would see nothing but the Holy Spirit's work and the glory of Jesus and his presence and those two In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the one point. It's on Facebook and some church. But here's the point I want to make today. Here's the idea. We, we talk about Abraham and in Hebrews 11. He said that Abraham was looking forward to a city with what? That's right. Foundations. Whose architect and builder is God. Listen, when you look forward, we look forward, we look forward to a place that God built. We look forward to a calling that God built. We look forward to a relationship or job that God built. We look forward to what God's going to do that God built. We don't build it, He does. And we move that way. So looking forward means this. And we get anything about this beautiful Palm Sunday that we celebrate. Looking forward means the old way is not always Jesus' way. Mm. See, I just went straight old gospel and I started singing to myself. Well, looking forward means the old way is not always Jesus' way. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by this? We can't always go back. He went back in Genesis 12. He did this before when he went to Egypt. He said, she's my wife. He went back the old way. This is what happened when they left the place that, that he was called from, that place there in modern-day Iran, in Iraq area. That he left that place and before he went to Iran and then down here into the land that God had called him, the promised land. You can't always do it the old way. The old way that you dated, the old way that you spoke, the old way that you worked your job, the old way that I did this, the old way doesn't work with Jesus' way. Because he's making all things new. If he's making all things new, then he's going, I can't coach the same way I did before. I can't preach the same way I did before. I can't teach same way I did before. I can't treat my wife the same way I did before. I can't parent my children the same way I did before. I don't work my job the same way I did before because this is the day that the Lord has made and I will it and say they had to. I don't depend on somebody else's rejoicing. I depend on my own rejoicing and if you depend on somebody else then you're looking to the wrong Lord. I'm just, nobody's with me. I'm with myself. The old rap song, me, myself, and I. Okay, see? See, y'all know what I'm talking about. So what happens is the old way is not always Jesus' way. Because Jesus' way always points to, to God our Father. What do I mean always go back? In other words, we don't always handle the same situations and dilemma the way we did before with the old flesh. Galatians 2.20. I'm going to read in NIV because fifth grade level, that's my level. Right? I've been crucified with Christ. But yet I what, saints? Live. Not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I love this, I love this, but the life I live in the body, I live by faith. I live by what, saints? In the Son of God, who loved me and gave me something. So we don't handle, listen, whatever comes your way, the old way, you can't, you can't go to Mar, Lord willing, he gives us the Mar, we're missing favor. We can't go to the job the same way we did last Monday, because that's not the way God operates. Looking forward means, looking forward, that the old way is not always Jesus' way. 
subsequent if you want to make it that. But the main idea is that the old way is not Jesus' way. When we look forward, we always look to the new way in Christ to handle everything, to enter into everything. We always look for the new way. That's why they missed Jesus coming in on Palm Sunday, because they were so caught up in the old way, the old dead ways of man, the old Pharisaical laws, the old Sadducees that are in charge, the whole Sanhedrin and that whole group, the old, old ways, they always looked to the old ways. They could not see the new king.
My father is king. I want you to know something. That Abraham went into a really difficult situation where he felt threatened. But when God makes a promise with Abraham, Abraham was the rightful king, not Abimelech. Abimelech's name that my father is king. But guess who showed up on the scene? God showed up when he tried to exert his authority of the one that God had made a covenant with. God showed up and defended Abraham. You see what I'm saying here? Is that we are child, children of the king. We are co-heirs with Christ. When God sends us into difficult situations, it's not about our faith, it's about theirs. They might be saying, I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I'm your, I can fire you at will. I just want to say something. You could be do nothing unless my father and him let you do it. You could do nothing. In fact, my daddy could just say, bye-bye. Trap door. Boom. You know where you're going. It's not about my faith, because I know where I'm going. It's not about your faith, because you know where you're going. F-A-T-E. It's not about your faith. Abimelech said, my father is king, and he tried to exert his authority over the one Abraham that God had made a covenant with, and God said, I'm not going to let any earthly king rule over my son, who I'm the right king. So the father of many nations walked into the Philistine camp, and God showed him and said, let me tell you who's really king. God said, you touch her and you die. By the way, Abimelech, though you say my father's dead, my father's the king, he's not king over me. There's only one Lord and one God. And it is our Father. Exalted by Jesus Christ. And I just want to free you up on something. The Bible says, honor your mother and father, but you don't have to honor them when they don't honor Y'all ain't, ain't listening. If my mom and dad tell me, oh, you have to dishonor the Lord. They tell me, John, you're going to get out of ministry? Oh, well, my dad told me the Lord years ago, but if my mom said you're going to get out of that, I said, all I can say to her is, peace be with you. Boy, I busted in my little ABC with one of these. <laughs> because there ain't the one king in my household. Abimelech's name that my father is king, and God showed up and put him in his place. In this passage is powerful. It is not about Sarah and Abraham, but it is about the faith of the Philistine king. The focus on chapters 20 and 21 is on the relationship between Abraham and the nation. God said that you are going to be, you through all nations, all nations will be blessed through you, Abraham. All nations. And it's about Abraham's relationship to the nation. And what did God do when God sent him into a bad place and let him go into a bad place? What did Abraham do? He became the prophet to the nation. And if Abraham didn't pray, the nation was going to die. He closed up every womb. Did he not? You are the prophet to your child. You are the prophet to your family. You are the one that stands in the gap because Jesus already gave us a cross to stand on and we can stand on a shirt. Listen, there is a city 
places. And when the persecution shows up, God steps in place. I want to tell you something. Listen, he says this, this is so powerful. Look at this. Abraham's role is that of a, of a prophetic intercessor. We are prophetic intercessors for the people. Our faith has been sealed. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Spirit of God with whom you are sealed in the day of redemption. Remember Ephesians 4.30? Remember Ephesians 1.13? That we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's a guarantee, a deposit. We've already been sealed, but other people have. Abraham calls that a prophetic intercessor, as in the promise. And if you all the families of the earth will be blessed, Genesis 12. Remember the covenant God made with Abraham? He said, through you, all people, in you, all people will be blessed. And here he is, moving as the prophetic intercessor. Abraham prayed for the Philistine, and God healed him. Let's go back and look at verses 3 and follow. But God came to Abimelech. God came to my father is king. In a dream by night, said to him, behold, you are dead man because of the woman whom you have taken. For she's a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her suffering. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother, and he detected my heart, and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that you have done this, and detected me wrong. Notice that God speaks innocence. God speaks innocence. God spoke innocence to Abimelech, but then he reminded him that your innocence is not built. His innocence is not built on Abimelech to keep himself right with God. God's going to remind him that his innocence is built on God. Watch. This is stupid. He says, yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart. Every reader that reads this, we know this man is innocent and Abraham is not. And it was I who kept you from sinning. Notice that Abimelech's innocence is built on God. My innocence is built on Jesus Christ. Your innocence is built on Jesus Christ. And the world's innocence, it can only be built on the one who is innocent. Therefore, I do not let you touch me. That's what God said. Abimelech, you're not innocent because you did it. You're innocent. God's chosen, and I am God's chosen. And every day we work with Abimelechs, and 
become the royal priesthood. Isn't that what Peter says? We are the royal priesthood. We are now the prophetic intercessors, and God has called us, and it is not about our faith, but about their faith, and somebody has to stand up and intercede. I don't know if you've ever looked at this passage this way. Look what he says. He says there in verse 6, and it was I who kept you from sin. Wherever we go, who is ever over us or works with us or works underneath us in a position uh, in our jobs or in our families or people, whatever it might be, the context, just put yourself in it. I want you to know that God has sent us to that context, not for us, but for them. We know our outcome. They don't. Verse 7. Now then return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. Oh, everybody wants to quote Jeremiah 29. For I know the... Oh, yeah, we got no coffee. We got it in our house on the door. That's the blood on the door. It's not blood, it's the blood. Don't come in this house with that attitude because I'm doing a blessing. Bless, bless, bless. You can take your bad attitude and you can step out, okay? I'll pray a prayer of this on the ugly little lady. Anybody not watch Rocky? I like this 
part that you got to memorize, I can't spell run DMC. Never mind, I'll take it anyway. Matthew 21. Matthew 21, 4 through 6. Now we're going to sing. Abimelech plays, as Sir Hammer says, plays the role of the righteous Gentile. But there was a God who showed up. Paul Sunday is the day, just like when Abraham played the prophetic role of the intercessor, it's all the foreshadowing that out of the seed of Abraham is going to come the Messiah. And as Genesis 3.15 says, that he will crush the head of the serpent. And it is my prayer that today, that regardless, see, Abimelech is just like the Pharisees today. Abimelech is just like the powers over us. Abimelech is just like Rome in the day of Christ. They might be in a position of man's power, but that never will override Right now, he still has all the power. 
of the money changers and the sins of those who sold pigeons. In other words, that court of Gentiles, the Gentiles, the Abimelechs of the world, that place, there were some righteous Gentiles that God wanted to save. There were some people that God was calling righteous that needed to realize their righteousness in the coming of the Savior, but they couldn't because of all the selfishness. But Jesus had to show up and clean out the place. Somebody had to move in as a flock. What did he say? He begins to quote Isaiah 56, 7. My house should be called a house of prayer. I love what Mark said. My house should be called a house of prayer. He quotes the whole thing. For the nations. Like what Abraham was. He was a prophet for the nations. That's what it's about. But you make it a den of robbers. And then notice what happened next. And the blind and the lame came to him. The people that couldn't get in because of the wickedness of the world. Jesus cleaned out that place so the righteous Gentiles could come. The broken and the hurting come. Somebody has to stand. We don't know who God's going to save.
don't know who God is calling, and it could be the very one who is hurting us the most. Abimelech took Abraham's wife.
might be a family member. Right now, they can come and pray for you. Right now, I'm praying. They might need to pray for someone that's in their class or home or, or what. Maybe they come right now. Lord, if there's someone we need to pray that's hurting, maybe we intercede. Maybe for someone in a job, maybe we intercede. Maybe it's a business. We need to intercede. But I, Lord, I don't want to come with any demonstration of myself. But I'm going to come with just your Lord. Lord, you're asking us to intercede. Jesus came to die. Thank you. 